Julie. And I'm Lisa. And together we make up Two Sober Chicks. And this is our podcast of recovery where we talk about spirituality, we talk about uh, the days that we wrecked our lives with mass consumption of alcohol and drugs, and how we got sober. Yeah. And how our lives are infinitely better today because of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and we other things. It. So today we wanted to talk about, this had come up uh, with a sponsee of uh, mine in the past, and I can remember when I felt the same way. I can remember when I heard the term um, character defects. What are some of the other terms that that are used in the 12 and 12 and Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous to describe these flaws in our makeup? That's another quote from the Big Book. I particularly like poetic affliction. That's my favorite way to talk about character defects because some people really do not like that language. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm defective. They feel it's a judgment call. Mm -hmm. But as is with the actual word, like a defect is is um, referring to something that is very useful, which has something in it that makes it not as useful. Mm -hmm. And in uh, step four, it touches on this in the 12 and 12, where it talks about character defects representing instincts gone astray. That's nice. Which is the same, which is what we're talking about. Like, you know, I have a water bottle that I used to drink out of, but there's a defect in it. It doesn't mean that the water bottle is not useful. It just means it's been altered a little bit. Mm And I love how you talk about this in particular. Um, well, one of the things that I remember is not liking the terminology because I thought it affected my self-esteem when really my sponsor would point out later, later it's your ego. <laughs> that is the problem here. Um, I did not want to look at my own flaws. Um, but what I've learned is that at the time, these so-called defects of character were actually the assets and the tools mm. that I had available to me the things that I had learned to use to survive life and to survive life circumstances and calamity and the things that were thrown at me. So at the time they were assets that then turned into defects because they stopped working. Mm-hmm. So they worked for a while and then they didn't work. Um, and I like in the big book on page 64, where it talks about how we're um, the object of a step four, which is an an inventory process. We're taking mm-hmm. inventory like a business does of saleable and unsaleable goods. So things that are useful to us. And then we have to do the inventory to find out what's not working anymore. And it says to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods. And the other thing is it's searching our flaws in our makeup, which caused failure, which caused our failure. So mm-hmm. again, they may have worked for a time. Like for me, um, I'm all fisticuffs, <laughs> fire and brimstone. But really what that's masking is um, hurt, sadness, insecurity, mm-hmm. this need to be loved, not not being met, the fear that it won't be met, the fear mm-hmm. that maybe I'm not lovable. And so I come off all cocky and fiery and I don't give a fuck. And I'm going to fuck you up before you fuck me up. Mm-hmm. So those are some flaws of mine that worked for a while because it protected my broken and damaged heart yeah, and my spirit. And then it didn't work because yeah. I couldn't get close to people and people couldn't get close to me. And I would get close to people long enough to get maybe a little bit of what I needed and then I wasn't getting what I needed anymore and then relationships would fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's, I think, a good way of looking at it. So it do, it's not a judgment call. When you're doing this fourth and this fifth with your sponsor, know that we are not judging you, mm-hmm. that we have been there, and we are just trying to help you through this process so that you can get to that wonderful, beautiful place of freedom. Yeah, if you're going to let yourself be enslaved by words, I'm sorry, I don't know how far you're going to get. The big book does have archaic language. It can be misogynistic. You know, there's a two wives section. It talks about basically, wife, don't be upset with your husband when he comes home drunk. Try and be supportive. Like, you know, if you're going to be offended by that, you're not going to get very far. Mm -hmm. In terms of character defects as seen as an asset, they do come from instincts that are correct. We have a correct fear instinct. Mm -hmm. The problem is that we misapply it to stuff. Like how many times am I actually in danger versus what my anxiety tells me? A very small percentage of the time. And the the character defects points us to the root of everything, which is our fears. And I think it's the big book that talks about it's like the termites that eat away the foundation of the house. Mm -hmm. Like we have to understand that how does our fear manifest in our life? Is it control? Is it rage? Like, what is it? Because once we understand, this is why we have to go on our fact-finding mission. Once we understand, I am a scared little girl or a scared little boy or a scared person inside, and this is how it manifests for me, then we can directly relate to that fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we get cut off a lot from our instincts in early recovery, which is why we have a problem surrendering and knowing what to do. Because we've misused our instincts for so long in our addiction that we don't actually know, talks about in our big book, the true from the false. This is why we need sponsors and we need direction and we need Mm. a community because we have to get in touch with our God-given instincts of this is right for me and this is not. So we need wiser people to do that for us. And it brings up fear. All of a sudden, I'm sitting down with another human being. Again, what's my fear? My fear is being judged. My fear is being <laughs> abandoned and not loved. And, and I'm going to tell you some of my deepest, darkest shit. Of course, I'm going to have fear around that. The other fear I have is that you're now telling me that one of the things I need to do is not only fact find and find these flaws, but I need to face them mm. in order to get rid of them. Whoa, wait a second. What the fuck? Stop the train. Put the brakes on. I can't get rid of these things. These things have kept me alive. They keep me safe from the rest of the world, from all that potential hurt and harm that's going to come my way. It's a scary place out there. And basically, in my scared newcomer way of thinking, all I'm hearing is, you're trying to take away my armor. Mm -hmm. Fuck off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I don't want to do that, which is what I said a lot. No, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't like that. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm feeling hurt. You hurt my feelings. You're mean, sponsor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a kid who's like made a superhero outfit and you want to take it off of them because you really want to give them like a true coat of armor. But talking to the kid and telling them, I have to give up your mask and your cape and your this and your that. Like, of course, it's terrifying. But the cool thing about our program is there's hundreds and thousands of people that are like, trust me, I have done this. I'm not lying to you. We'll hold your hand. Like, I like when people come up to get the 24-hour, the desire chip, and you hear people say, this is the only one you have to get by yourself. We'll help you get the rest. Yeah. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Like, just let us help you for God's sakes. Yeah. I, um, I like the, the story about the superhero costume, because if you're a parent, think of your child going to school 
and they want to wear like some outrageous crazy costume because they feel safe in that costume Mm -hmm. but what you know from your experience in life is that when they go to school if they go dressed as superman they're going to get ridiculed Mm -hmm. and they're going to get laughed at so it's like you know as someone who's been there how to guide them through that Mm -hmm. right like you don't say hey you're going to get made fun of when you go to school but you can try to navigate that with them as a parent Um, and I think it's similar with our character defects with a sponsor that's what they're trying to do to you they're saying like hey how have these things worked for you so far they worked for a time they don't work now and so we want you to have relationships with other people Mm -hmm. we want you to be a part of society but when you're hanging on to these character defects it's kind of fucking hard Yeah, and look at the results in your life. Are you behaving like someone who is defective in some ways? Yes, because people that are defective, quote unquote, in addiction are people that are depressed, um, not due to brain chemistry, but due to their um, addiction. Sadness. You know, a wreckage, like their life is a wreckage. Does Mm -hmm. that look like someone that is fully functioning to you? No. Yeah. And the defects don't go away. We just learn how to deal with them. Like, I still have a dark mind that goes off the rails and weird and crazy. And that's why I have to keep going to meetings. Because if that were all fixed up by being in recovery, I could drink tomorrow. I can't. Right. So I have to keep, it's a lifelong thing. You don't graduate out of recovery. Because I have a dark mind, because I have a twisted mind, because I can get into like paranoia and rage and depression and sadness and victimhood. Mm. I have to keep going and working my my program. And think about people in your life. I call them the bloodsuckers because I used to be a bloodsucker. So I'm the person who comes in and I suck you dry of all the energy, mm. all the empathy, all the sympathy, all the time, all the good listening you have um, to tell you again and again and again my sad story. And it might come in different forms. One week it's about my relationship. One week it's about my the way my parents raised me or something that happened in my childhood. Think of yourself. Do you want to be friends with that person <laughs> for very long? Energy vampires. Right? Mm-hmm. They're just sucking you dry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. And I also don't want to spend a ton of time with that person because I know the outcome. The outcome is you're going to stay stuck. You're going to stay in self-pity and it's going to be the same story over and over again, just sort of a different uh, setting and different actors, Mm -hmm. but it's the same because your thinking hasn't changed. So I don't want to be that person and I want to help other people not be that person too. Yeah. When I do a fourth and a fifth with them and the rest of the steps. So don't get hung up on language. Another thing, I'm a lesbian. So you what? Can, what? <laughs> you can imagine um, my horror when I came in and saw to the wives. If I can get the fuck over it, <laughs> so can you. Mm-hmm. Because if I hadn't gotten the fuck over it, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be sober mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have the spiritual life that I have. A better spiritual life. I'm not perfect. I am human. I have flaws. I fall down sometimes. But my life is exponentially better than it used to be because I learned that it was just language. I learned that when you say him and he, I can hear they, them. I can hear a universal. Mm-hmm. For me, a God doesn't have a sex because a God is everything. God is all. So it's a sexless thing. Mm-hmm. So when I hear he and him in the book and I see it in print, it doesn't pick at me the way it used to. Mm-hmm. I don't get agitated and irritated. I'm just like, yeah, God. God. Yeah. And that's kind of, I didn't like the word God when I came in. Well, I was going to say, if you and I got hung up on words, God would have tossed me and you out. Yes. As it almost did in the beginning when I was like, what? Oh, I'm fucked now. Fuck. 
They lied to me. They said it wasn't a religious program. This is the word right here. God yeah. and he and him. And then some of the meetings, they close with the fucking Lord's Prayer or they close with the surrender. That's a prayer. That is Christian. Mm-hmm. So they're throwing this bullshit. They're trying to veil it, but they're throwing it at me. Yeah. But again. And for what end? Like, what are we actually looking for from you in AA? Nothing. Nothing. Like, if you look at it that way, oh, they're lying to me. For yeah. what purpose? So that you become better? Yeah. Uh like, the, what's the motive there? Instead of getting hung up on the anger, go a little bit further. Do these people actually want something from me? What is their aim? Oh, look at the traditions because we want to help fellow alcoholics. Look at yeah. step 12, carrying the message. Yeah. It's all we want. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yes. And then I thought, oh, they said they didn't want anything from me and there are no fees and dues. But then they pass around a fucking basket at the end of every meeting. I see this is their little hidden way of doing it. No, you fucking moron. <laughs> How do you think we rent a church space? And provide cookies and coffee. And coffee. It's because somebody needs to pay for it. And as alcoholics, we have learned, sober alcoholics, we've learned to pay our own way. So if you throw a toonie, that's a Canadian thing, (laughs) two bucks, you throw a toonie. Which is like $18 American. (laughs) No, it goes the other way. It's like 50 cents American. Exactly. Uh, Or you throw five bucks. One of my sponsors used to say, um, how much is a beer? Oh, four oh, fifty, like five dollars. You didn't have any problem dropping a fiver down for a beer. I like that. So if you can, you pay what you can. And if we are transparent as groups, every group has a secretary. Ask to see the secretary's report or the treasurer's report, and mm-hmm. you will see they're not making thousands and thousands of dollars and going no. shopping. Go to a fucking business meeting. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Business yeah. meetings and service at your home group. Yes huge there's a huge amount of service you can do beyond making coffee stacking chairs and greeting at the door Mm -hmm. there's a wealth of opportunities Mm -hmm. and they are very much needed so and um if you don't like it when a group closes with the lord's prayer there are groups out there that close with the serenity prayer or they close with the responsibility declaration Mm -hmm. so you'll find a group that works for you there's really no excuse like you can give us i i what's not i dare you what What's that other very strong word when people say, I dare you? Anyways. Challenge, implore. Those are good, but I defy. I defy you to come at us with a good excuse as to why you can't go to AA. And we will discuss it on this podcast. Give us one. Email us, the number two soberchicks at gmail.com. And we will share it on another podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Sober Chicks. Thank you.